Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have Wendelin Brown, the founder of Empowerment for Hope. Super amazing human being. I can't wait to get into your foundation and everything you do. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. First off, congrats on, you know, I got the video yesterday. with it. Actually, tell me about it all. I'll just let you. So, yeah. um, I was in Province House the other day. As a survivor of sex trafficking, I wanted to do a policy change so that survivors and victims um, of these type of crimes mm. could be able to access the funding to be able to have counseling, whether or not that they press charges. Mm. So if you don't press charges, you're not, you know, you're not allowed to have that money that is put there to help those that need the counseling. So I want that policy to change. Crime is crime. And a victim is a victim. So essentially, let's a victim of sex trafficking can't access this fund yes. if they don't press charges. They can't. And most of them might be uh, too afraid to press charges because, you know, it's their life, literally. True. So there's the safety issue, for one. Number two, the, the main thing is not, nobody wants to be re-traumatized. Right. That is, you have to, and if you're going to, want to press charge, you have to talk to the police. They have to make sure that there's enough evidence that charges can be filed. Then you're going to have to talk to the Crown Attorney to make sure that there's enough evidence to take it to trial. And then you're going to have to wait. It could be a year, two years. You know, for me, it was almost 10 years. And um, by then, you, either you don't want to go through with it anymore, or it's been so long that your memory has lapsed and you're putting and you've tried to put that behind you, but now you're getting re-traumatized over because now you have to go back into your past and dredge up something that you probably is trying to deal with. Mm. So yeah, I want to see that policy change because here I am 32 years later and I'm always and always will be on a healing journey. Mm. So, you know, and I speak to people and those that are survivors and victims and anyone really and share my story because I need to let people know that honestly, that there is hope. Mm. You know, I had a 12 year drug addiction. I'm nine years clean. There is hope. Mm. I was homeless from Nova Scotia to Ontario for over a three year period. There is hope. And even with this <laughs> housing shortage, that that really plays a, a, a so much on my heart, knowing the life that I lived that put me in that position to be homeless, you know? So, and, a part of what we do at Empowerment for Hope is to try to work with other organizations that, you know, that deals with homelessness because mm -hmm. being involved in the sex trade and coming out of that, um, it takes a lot because um, who wants to be all the time eating at the keg and then now you got to eat McDonald's? Right! <laughs> oh, God, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have to you, think on that. I just saying, you know. Yeah, it's like nobody it's, wants to do it. <laughs> no, nobody no, wants that. No, yeah, yeah. So yeah. because of those type of scenarios right. with empowerment for hope, I want all those wraparound supports put have put in place. I do through counseling referrals. I partnered with um, S and M Counseling to do the trauma side. 
and venture counseling. Um, I also have like a partnership with um, Roberts Consulting, you know, so that these young people or these women, honestly, I know it's hard sometimes to always have money, even though you may be giving it to your pimp, but you still have things, whether he's controlling it or not, because in your mind, he's not your pimp, he's your boyfriend. Right. Only the people on the outside that looking in know right. that that's your pimp because it's called the boyfriend syndrome. Who's like, right. that's why it's so hard to try to talk to these young girls, especially young girls, you know, and say, he's pimping you. You can't come to them like that because they're never going to listen. Right, right, right. Because he loves me. He loves me. And, you know, we're trying to build a life together and we're going to have a condo. My girl been doing this. She's in the club. You know, she's in the tally. She got sugar daddies. And, you know, and, and when young kids are grow up in a, in a mind state where they've always seemed like, um, oh, well, my uncle's been a pimp and, you know, and these girls got this and my friends are doing this and they're, they're drawn in by what they see mm. and they're not using, how can I say it? I can't even say their senses because they don't even know what's going on really because it's a part of the manipulation that traffickers use. This is just what they see, right? This is kind of what you grow up with, so it's like normal. Exactly, you know, and I always say young people love taking pictures whether they're girls or guys. Mm. They love showing off, especially young girls that are starting to get a little bit of buds in their breasts. They love showing their little cleavage. And they open themselves wide open to be targeted mm. for trafficking. And, and if you don't, like, don't be mistaken to think that these men are not watching every day, you know, from the computer. You know, just recently we had a young 12-year-old girl being sexually, trying to be sexually exploited by a predator on Spotify. How does that happen? What? What? <laughs> so, so, how does that happen? Right, right, right. Somehow, whatever they did with their anorhythm, how they had it set up, she could pick something, and and you can go and look it up yourself, because I could be saying it wrong, but it's to this effect. And she just so happened her mom happens to go on and see something that, you know, because she checks her, right. and she was using her mom's phone, to be <clears> honest, <throat> and her mother went and think that she went and bought something or picked on something and she opened it and could see there's the nude pictures. Holy this man shit. is asking her for pictures and yeah. Wow. Like is that's how easy it is to be targeted. Wow. It really is. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's go back, okay. right? How did your like how did your own journey begin? Um okay. As a young child growing up, I um, went through a lot of things, you know, uh, child um, sexual abuse. By the time I was 13, I was um, sexually assaulted. By the time I'm turning 15 to 17, I was involved in a sex trade, being targeted for trafficking. And um, after that, I, um, I didn't really tell anybody because I, I just, I was too ashamed. And, you know, I went away, I had children, and um, years later, maybe eight years later after I was trafficked, I came home, um, that same man sexually assaulted me again. He was on a psychosis, as I understand now, and he went to the wrong house. And when I opened my door, he rushed in and, and he sexually assaulted me. And that was the first time I had a mental break. 
So it was through that that I told the police. It took it took almost 10 years in, in the making from the trafficking right up until we got into our courtroom, 10 years. But my memory was so intact that, you know, I could tell the the court what happened. And there was a time that I literally almost broke down because I couldn't believe that I had to say this stuff in front of my parents. Wow. It was the first time that they're hearing it because I lied and pretended that, and nothing happened. And I was asked questions, but I still denied it because I was ashamed. Mm. And, um, you know, I went through, my love, I fell into addiction for 12 years. And I had to give my kids to my parents. You know, it's only within the last seven years, me and my children have a relationship. Mm. And sometimes it ain't even all that in the bigger chips, but it's much better than what I had, you know? Mm. And for them to see me where I am right now today, I know, mm. I know. I don't even have to ask, mm. you know, because they tell me so much, I know. This is, wow, look what mom's doing. Mm. And, and I thought about how can I help? Even after all that happened to me, I went out and started selling myself, sexually exploiting myself. And I did that for a, a good six, seven years because I had a drug addiction and I was homeless. And by that helped me to stay in the hotels. I sold my body for drugs. And um, I tried to rekindle a, a relationship with my ex-husband after he got out of prison. Um, it didn't really work because it was very abusive. And I just was like, oh my God, like I can't take this. And I got to a place where I became very depressed and I tried to take my life. And the last time I thought I'd really had it together. And today I thank God that I can I literally sit here and talk about it and have learned from that and can share it because it's, there's hope, you, you know, because God helped me to literally save my life. Mm. And I decided I wanted to do something that would help those that were at risk of sexual exploitation, human trafficking, or any kind of sexualized violence. And I prayed on it, I talked about it a lot. And <laughs> as you already heard, one day I met Tia and I told her what I wanted to do. And she said, Wendelin, just go for it. And here's Empowerment for Hope. Mm. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, Wendell. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, um, when you compound all these experiences you've had mm -hmm. and they're not very good, what was that point when you know something had to change and what did you do? So um, when I... Um when my um, ex-husband found me and I was taken into the hospital, um, the doctor put it on the table, we can help you if you'll go into treatment. And I knew at that moment that I didn't want to be that way. Mm. I really didn't. And being a person that grew up in church all her life, those kind of things were in my mind and I knew that what I was doing was wrong. And I really wanted help, but I just didn't know how to help myself. And it was easier to try to end my life than to struggle and to stay in the state that I was in. Mm. And I took that day, I, I listened to him, I went into a place for two weeks. I left out of that detox place because I've never been to treatment, as I said. I went into another place for 10 months or 10 weeks and I realized at that time, Wendelin, you're not ready to go back on the streets 
And it took a period of three years. Mm. And here I am, nine years later. Wow. <laughs> Wow, uh, that's a powerful story. So hope yep. um, is actually an acronym because I, I noticed. What, what's it? It means happy, open, patient, at ease. Why do you choose those words? Because if you knew my story, I found hope. Mm. I found hope in what was for me God because that was my higher power. I found hope when people stepped up to help me that I knew within myself that they were put in place to help me. Mm. And when I smile, and that, that's the happy part about it, because people have to realize, like, you know, and a lot of people know who I am, and they knew that I was into the drugs, and a lot of people didn't really know why, you know, because people are so, you know, judgmental, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. how could she leave her kids and be going and being, I didn't want to be like that, but I, you know, I had a problem that I wasn't ready to deal with. And it literally took me until I was 45 years old to sit in front of somebody and release all of that stuff. Mm. And today, that's why I can sit here in front of you and I know people are gonna be watching. I, I'm not ashamed. I am thankful that, I'm not thankful for the things that I went through as a little child, but I'm thankful that some things happened in my life that woke me up mm. and literally I understand some things now, you know, I learned some big, big, big lessons, mm. you know, and my mom always used to say, not everybody is your friend and honey, the grass ain't so green on the other side. You know, I get that now, right. you know, I say that to my own kids. Don't think that everybody that tee in your face is your friend. <laughs> right, they ain't. Right, right. I get it now. Yeah. Cause you like, know, you know I, I always say whenever I talk about like every talk everyone hears about my mom and my grandma and I'm like there are so many things that as a kid I'm like the fuck why why, why? and now it's like oh I get it now I get it, it now it is so true but you know what it does is like when I'm like you know say working with youths and they are doing things I'm like fuck I was there I get it like you know you yeah. kind of like I on I totally I was you <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want you to learn the way I learned, you know You what know, I'm straight up, because, like, we got to break that generational curse. Like, you, like, for instance, me having this organization and stuff like that, I know a lot of people watch me behind the scenes, and some people will, behind closed doors, reach out to me, and, you know, I'm watching you, don't think we're not, and, you know, but, okay, they're afraid. I, I get it. You know what I mean? But we have to stop being complacent, mm. you know, because if you, a lot of people believe, oh, that will never happen to me. Mm. Oh, that can't oh. happen to me. Yeah. Do you know the type of family we are? Like right. that doesn't happen to us. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, people don't understand, but kids hide stuff. Exactly. Kids hide stuff. And then when you think back of the things that you did that your folks still don't know, mm. it's like, fuck, you know. Honest to God. And you know something, just and this makes me so happy because this is such a big part of my healing just the other day since i have come out you know i tried to speak to my parents about what happened you know mm. and you know and they're like because mm, they're like older and they're 80s and 70s you don't do that Wendelin. but that's my story mm. that's my truth that's what i went through because of dad was an alcoholic it was because of the position and that he was in that the dangers fell upon me and my brother, but you know, mainly me. Mm. So I, I for the first time, man, God, man, thank you, Lord, 
that I was able to talk to her and tell her from the age of seven right up till today, and she listened to me. Mm. Mm. That's powerful. And to hear her like apologize for some things like that, just yeah, wow, yeah, it did. That just yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I needed that mm. straight up. Mm. I needed that for so long. I needed that. Mm. And just before I even came here, you know, she reached out to me. Oh, you've been on my heart. I thought I'd reach out to you and see what's going on. And then I had to tell her what was happening today. You know, I needed that. Mm. That is such a big part of, of my healing. It really is. So let's take the words <laughs> then, hope, H-O-P-E. Let's take, break it one down. It means happy. Mm-hmm. Happy. Open. Mm. Patience. Mm-hmm. Ease. So let's take each word as itself. Happy, Why? Because you can find happiness through all of you, what you've been through. You can find it. Everybody deserves a second chance. Oh, my God. Yes. Everybody. And you have to learn to get to a place where I call it honoring your brokenness. And by me saying that, all I'm saying is that you got to be at that place where you're ready to be open mm. and accept what happened to you. Because I have. That's why I can speak about it, you know. And... And carry on and be patient with yourself. You don't have to rush to get there because sometimes the road is not that easy for someone, you know, that's different because everybody has their own healing journey and their how they want to get to that place and ease into it. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I, I think <laughs> that might be the most difficult one, though, because, you know, you know, you have the patience and you're yeah. open and ha- but easing into it, especially as black people, right? Because, yeah. like, we kind of have to walk uh, twice as hard. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of difficult to, like, mm-hmm. ease into things. Right. And, you know, and that is so true. But honest to God, like, if black people honestly would just, I would say stop being so small-minded in, in, in some things. Mm. Like, you know, we, like, for, you know, we, for instance, um, we, we have our, our parents that are, like, older, you know, they're still always interjecting into our lives, you know what I mean? I'm 50, you know, I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say? Right, like, right, 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 I don't right. know, like, get, get, relax for a minute. Yes, I got this. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm older now. I learned from some mistakes and mm. stuff. Like, you know what I mean? So even when I first started talking, I used that same acronym to help me to realize, oh my God, like, Wendelin, okay, you're going to ease yourself into this. And I remember the first day that I shared myself last year, April the 22nd, amongst the women of our church and other churches. And I said things that I never told a whole soul. Mm. And they gave me a safe space because that's what we need is a safe space. And I knew that what I said wouldn't be put out on the street, that it would on, honestly, that they would respect what I was saying. Mm. And it taught them a lot. Up until this day, they still ask me, how do I honor my brokenness? Mm. You have to be at that place, but you got to be patient with yourself. You can't, you be open with yourself, but you have to still give yourself patience before you can ease into that. And easing into it is when you're ready to disperse it to somebody that you want to talk to or to a group of people. So that's another reason I'm going to be starting a survivor's support group through Empowerment for Hope. Um, 
I've never in my life uh, growing up in church has ever seen a survivor support group for women in church mm. and has been really placed upon my heart. And yes, that's going to be, I'm going to be announcing that pretty soon and mm. the launching of that. I'm just working out some things and details, you know, with a partnership with my, with the church that I do attend. Yeah. And yes, I, I want to do this because I think it would really, 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 really help a lot of women. It really will. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. So here's the thing though. I mean, you even mentioned that you're still on your healing journey. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to take care of my shit first before I go and like do, do all these things for all these other people. And it's like, some of them are not even be ready for the work. So I guess my question is why, like, you know. You know what? I can't do that. I can't just worry about myself mm. because if I step out, all it takes is one person to step out. Right. People are paying attention. Mm. They may talk to me behind the scenes where nobody else knows, but people are, mm. even men. And it's been difficult for me to even like, like talk to men. Like, you know what I mean? But to hear some of the stuff that they're telling me, like, wow, mm. seriously? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it make and and, and and I would and you would never know because you don't know what people have gone through. Yeah. You don't know. You know, and, and I when I hear some stories, I'm like, oh my God. Well, you know, or hear somebody talk about their child involved and how do we fix it? What do I do? You know, and I tell parents, you know something, please leave the door of communication open. Yes. Don't let your child, especially if your child, um, I always get so afraid when children live away in a different province. Because it's part of the manipulation that traffickers use to alienate them away from their families, right, you know? Uh, yeah. As long as I can keep them arguing and showing her that her parents are too into her business and, you know, you're going to lose me if they... And then there's the manipulation and now you're back lured into and you're alien your, your, your family. Mm. Especially if you're people that are really close, mm. you know? So, you know, it's just not for... What I'm doing is just not for the survivor or the victim. It's for the families because mm. everybody is going through it, you know. And I wish that um, my my mother used to say to me, and uh, you know them boys from North Preston, you stay away from them. Don't you go around them them boys, you know. And that's just used to be the old time people's way, you know. Mm. I wish, you know, now I wish she could have said to me, Wendelin, you know, these are the signs of trafficking. I wish she could have been educated, you know? So because she wasn't, I went through some things and I wasn't educated. Mm. You know, I never had my dad. I was 15 and he was 24. And he, I told him my whole life story. And that was part of the luring part of it because now he knows my vulnerabilities. Right. He had right. me right in the palm of his hand, but I was so in love. As a 15-year-old child, like, who's not going to be in love? Right. I was in love until I was 17. With that same, with that same person, I just couldn't understand why he was making me do those things, mm. you know. So, but despite all of that, here I am today. Yeah. Wow. Literally. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so apartment for hope. How I guess how does it work exactly? So, um, I'm an advocate. Um, I don't have other than working out a home. I'm going to be announcing the Empowerment for Hope Survivor Support Hub, which I'm going to be open. 
um, and what's going to happen with that, I will be the first line of contact because I want people from my community and mm -hmm. from other marginalized communities to have a face. Mm -hmm. So Empowerment for Hope is a survivor-led organization. We're all survivors of, mm -hmm. of everything. And I wish that I could have had a black person straight up in, in my face that could have helped me, you know? I, I didn't. And the first line that I had was police officers. Through Empowerment for Hope, if you disclose anything to me, unless you want to go to the police, we're not, I'm not about all that. Because mm. I'm more concerned about your mental state and getting you back to the place where you'll be self-reliant and you can um, find, you know, like there's so many different, um, how can I say it? So many different mental um, issues that we go through when we're traumatized from something like sexualized violence or gender-based violence. So Empowerment for Hope um, brings programs that caters, that supports those that are involved by doing workshops that talk about the background of um, the background of sex trafficking and how we can stop alienating ourselves from our families and getting back to not going out and sexually exploiting ourselves after we have left from trafficking. So in order for this to work for me, I have aligned myself with different organizations in the community as partnerships so that I can have the wraparound supports and the aftercare. Right. That, so, was, that I didn't have. So if survival comes to you, you're like, you can talk to this place and <laughs> do you want to go to this place? I exactly. know that place for your mental health, for your physical exactly. health. And exactly. Exactly. And if somebody, for instance, was trying to leave out of an abusive relationship, um, I have a I have a partnership with Shelter Moves. So it's just an intake and they take over and help that person, you know, and they go in and help them remove the stuff out of the house, you know, and they even have um, storage where the person can leave their storage. And I have aligned myself with other shelters so that once I open up my own my own hub, I'll have my own space to do the shelter. Yes. You get a 30 to 60 day stay, depending on the situation. So I'm just sitting back like, you know, fingers all crossed and mm -hmm. everything that, you know, in a couple of, actually in about a month or so that I can, you know, let people know that, hey, I got it, you know, and here we are. And we're opening up this Empowerment for Hope Survivor Support Hub. How are you getting the word out so people can know that this exists? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm all over social media. Mm. <laughs> so on Facebook, um, you can find me in Winnie Brown or Empowerment for Hope. Um, also on Instagram, it's Keep It Real 3884 or Empowerment for Hope. So, yeah, I'm, I'm out here. Mm. Mm. I do. <laughs> so, and then, I mean, it can be anonymous, right? Once a person reaches out to you. Exactly. Because, I mean, especially with this thing you do with the province house. It's kind of shitty, that rule, though. Like, oh, it you is. have to report before you can get the help you need. It's not It's not fair. It's like punishing the person twice. Exactly. Who wants to be re-traumatized? Like, the thing has happened. I need help. Now I have to, like, go through it again. Exactly. Exactly. And... You know, I, I I was so happy for that because part of what I needed to align Empowerment for Hope, I needed to be aligned with the Department of Community Service. Mm. But I got one better when I met the Minister of Community Service. So next week, she and I are going to be meeting and 
I'm going to be put for something that I want to do. And yeah, so straight up, I'm going to be asking them to give me funding. So, <laughs> yup. Straight up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't promise me something and think that I'm not coming for it because I'm coming for the. Yeah, I am. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to pass that check. Oh, no. Straight up. I have to get. No, no, I'm coming. So, I mean, you. It's a lot of responsibility, though. It is. How are you handling it? Um, I, uh, I read a lot mm. and I'm always thinking, but I'm, I'm involved in church choir, you know, I, I love, I love singing. So I'm involved in all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I have a son who's a pastor and when, and when I'm going through some things, he's the first, you know, he's the first person I reach out to, oh, yo, can I, I got to talk to you about something, mm. you know? And he just, you know, mom, it's like this and it's like that. And and he talks to me like these days, he talks to me like, you know, son to mother. And then, you know, if, if I'm, you know, really going through something, he's like, you know, mom, the Bible says this. And, you know, but if you do this and I'll, and, you know what, let's pray. Mm. And he'll pray for me. Mm. And mm. bang, there. And then, you know, I'm okay. Mm. I'm okay. I, I really am. I really am. <laughs> wow. Uh, I knew this was going to be, I mean, we, we kind of talked a yeah. little bit earlier, but I knew it was going to be really heavy. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, you know, for, I guess for people out there, what are some things they can do to take care of themselves? So um, in, in the sense of recognizing right, trafficking. Right, right. So um, some of the things that people can um, do to, you know, be aware is like the, with their children, for instance, if they're if you see that your kids are having new sets of friends, um, their grades are dropping in school. You notice that they're carrying around two cell phones instead of one. Their clothing has has uh, you know changed. You know, and they're you know they're dressed up a little bit more. They're getting their nails and hair done. Stuff that you know your child would never do on any other given day. These are signs to look for to say that they're being groomed mm. into sex trafficking. And those are the main ones that happen because that's where, you know, when you're trying to talk to your child, like, you know, what's going on? Like, why are you like that? And, you know, where did you get that from? You never, where did you get money from? Because, you know, especially if you're the parents that give your kids a little allowance, you know how much money you give your kids. And if you don't give your kids nothing, well, how did you buy that? How did you get that other cell phone? But mm -hmm. why do you need to? Mm -hmm. And that just causes a rift between you know, parents and, and, and kids. So I always say, like, you know, know how to approach your child when you're coming and talking like that. Like, you know, oh, wow, I didn't know you had two phones and stuff. You don't have to get all in it because you just need to understand up here and watch with your eyes, you know, some signs that, you know, maybe my child is being trafficked, mm -hmm. you know, and figure out, talk to somebody that knows, talk to me. Mm -hmm. I want anybody that feels that, you know, that that someone that they love or, you know, or know or even themselves is going through it, reach out to me, you know. Our email is empowermentforhope at gmail.com, mm. you know, or you can reach out to me on WhatsApp or any of the social media, you know, platforms that I spoke. And I'm willing to talk to anybody and to, you know, mentor them, you know. Just to, I just want to help somebody. If just one person. So let's just say, you know, the I don't have kids, but say the person, you know, they have a kid and and they notice this and they, what should they do? Like, say before... They don't talk, call the police. 
Oh. Don't if you if your child is underage, I would be on it to call the police because you're obligated to do it. If if somebody came to me and their child was 15 years old, you have no choice. We have to call the police mm. because they're under under 16. That's the weird thing about it. And I would tell them to speak to somebody that knows. Like before you assume or but if you truly know that this is what's happening, mm. you know, I would I, I would advise them to speak to somebody that that knows. You know, so that you would know what do we do from here? Mm. How do we how do I get my child help? How do I protect my child? Because that's mm. what you're trying to do is protect your child from that predator. Mm. So you know, and at that time, especially if it's a girlfriend, boyfriend situation, you know, and you know, young girls, the first time they get a boyfriend, they're hoo hoo hoo. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're so right, excited, right, they're right. not gonna listen to their parents. Right. So, and sometimes it's so much easier for a child to talk to somebody else than to talk to their own parents. Right. And that's what I would suggest to somebody, like, you know, get to talk to somebody who's been there, mm. you know? And just recently, I have a um, contract with the Justice Department through the YAP program. So that's working with um, the youth advocacy program, working with youth that are at risk or in trouble of going to jail or, you know, coming from broken homes. So I'll be working with all the different youth advocates throughout Halifax Dartmouth. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's a lot of work too, though. But, you know... Even though it is, um, I have a I have a plan put in, in in motion that I want to align myself with um, the youth program that we have at our church, and to let those young people who are the youth workers mm. that are already in place help those young people, mm. and it will work. It will work, and because these young people, they, everybody deserves a chance. Yeah, you know, honest to God. I mean, um, what you're fighting for is really important. Exactly, and. It's rampant here in Nova Scotia. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that you're actually, you know, using your own actual personal yes. hands-on experience. Yes. And I think when 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 someone's like, I know this, I've been through this, it's yeah. more believable than you're just talking to a counselor yes. that went to school. Exactly. 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 And and I do, and I share myself so that Others can know that straight up that they can have hope. But then someone will look, <laughs> someone will look at you and be like, you can have gone through all that thing, you know? Because you look the way you do and all these things and all these things. And I guess the question is, how do you keep that smile going? Because, you know, it's it's a, it's a lot. Um, I have to smile. When I look back and see where I came from to where I am today, man, I'm overjoyed. Mm. You know, and trust me, we all go through things, and trust me, I do too, you mm -hmm. know, especially like within your families and, you know, and just just doing with this business period, there's days that I feel like I'm out here all by myself, mm. and I'm like, wow, man, like, you know, um, even when I was accessing funding and it didn't work out and I just got a little bit and I didn't get what I wanted, you know, and it kind of put me back from when I wanted to start the workshop, so now I got to delay that because... I want this in place because it has to work with the wraparound. I just can't do the workshop without this, right. all this stuff. So, you know, and then I'm like, oh, God, you got to help me because this is just starting to get right on my nerves, mm. you know. And then I said, you know, something, Wendelin, nope, 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 nope. You've been through worse than that. You're going to get through this. And I decided, you know, let me go and 
join. I'm, I'm already a member with Tribe Network. So let me jump into their bill program. That's going to help me push myself out here. I'm going to have to be wondering who can I get to. You know, the last time somebody wrote the a proposal to the government for me, you know, another organization stepped up and paid for it. You know, I'm not going to be paying whole four and $5,000 just to, no, no. So let me go and get into a program so I can learn how to do that stuff by myself. Right. So I don't have to do that. You know, mm. and you know, that's another thing that we're like, I'm, I'm grateful for like black woman in excellence, like being a, um, a member of, of, of that is, is, you know, it's phenomenal. And seeing Tia could have gone and done whatever she wanted to do and just looked after her own self. But she turned around and looked back for other people. That's mm. why God is blessing her and what she's doing. Mm. And for, that's the same way with myself. I cannot just think about my own healing. Mm. We're all on a healing journey. I stand for every survivor and every victim of gender-based violence, intimate partner violence, whether it's sexualized violence and human trafficking, because we are, we all may come from different worlds. We may be all a different skin color, you know, but at the end of the day, we're all survivors mm. and been victims of. So here we are. Wow. <laughs> Gwendolyn, wow. I, I mean, we have to talk, we have to talk again. You're right. We have to talk again. Um, I, I know you have a, a lot of plans, so hopefully by the time yep. we talk, some of them have mm-hmm. started materializing. Mm-hmm. But I got, you know, I love, <clears throat> I love the name mm-hmm. of your body, and I can't let you go without asking what the hands mean. Joining the together. Yeah. So that that means I can't, Empowerment for Hope can't do this all by myself. Right. I need the hands of other organizations to be, believe in, in what we're, because we're all trying, if we're all out here trying to combat, you know, human trafficking and gender-based violence, why can't we work together? Mm. So the hands is us joining together around the world to help each other. Wow. Now, <laughs> to empower each other. Okay, I, I know I said that was the last one, but one just jumped into my head right now. I know you have all these plans. I know you have all these plans, but this is the real last one now. This is the real last one. Um, I know you have all these plans mm-hmm. and stuff, and you're working to make them come <clears throat> to reality. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier, you know, you reached out for funding. You didn't get that. When you work on something or you have a certain goal and you don't meet that target or you get part of it but not all of it how do you handle when things don't go the way you want them to oh work? man i'd be i huh, i'd be like wow this is some bs man why like what the hell like why is this happening to me like seriously and i just said okay you know something okay i gotta figure out who do i know that is good at, you know, like working, writing grants. You know what I mean? So I look at the people that are supposed to be my partners. You know, the other organizations that I'm doing partnerships with. You know, you guys all get funding. So how do you do that? How do you do that? Okay, so explain this to me. This is what I want to do. So how do I do this and do that? Does this mean this and this mean that? And I know what the questions to ask because I know what's on that piece of paper. So, and what happened when I did the last one I tried to implement a new program instead of expounding on what I already had, but I didn't understand. But now I got it. Wait till October comes and I'm going to do it again because I got it. (laughs) Well, Wendelin, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself and your journey. And thank you for coming to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. It's great being here. (laughs) 